Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. <coughs> Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. All right, welcome everybody uh, to Hollywood Boulevard podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Moody, and I'm here with Donnie Sturgis. How are you doing, Donnie? Good. How are you guys? How are you guys, everybody doing out there? Good, good. And then we also got our producer on the line, uh, Alfred Crane. How are you doing, Alfred? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. Good to be here tonight. Yes, uh, good, good to have everybody here. Um, so we are talking uh, Tim Burton tonight, uh, the career and uh, uh, the you know the works of the man. Um, and we have uh, a few things that we'd like to talk about. Um, I went through kind of his Wikipedia and uh, and some other stuff and. And I'm sure a lot of people, we all have something that we'd like to, you know, kind of uh, mention about him that we we know each, you know, we know from what we've learned. Um, but first of all, I want to start this off by going around and asking the big question of like, what was like the first Tim Burton movie you ever remember seeing or enjoying? Um, I guess let's go with Alfred first. What do you, what do you think, Alfred? I think I remember it was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but I didn't realize it was Tim Burton at the time. And the first time I realized, you know, who really Tim Burton was, was um, Beetlejuice. Because after a while, it was one of those where I looked back and go, oh, Tim Burton did Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So you can definitely see his stuff in there. But um, Beetlejuice had a big impact on me. I really enjoyed that. You know, just so left field and so out of the blue and it was funny and creative and had a great cast and um a great story and um that yeah that was my first memory and it just for years i mean i can go to the dmv and still laugh about him waiting in line with a 1,682,332 and the next number is four yeah. so i remember that they had such a a lot of good quotes in it, so that's uh, my first memory. Memories. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what about you, Donnie? Well, Alfred stole my answer, um, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a I'm gonna sound like a copycat. Um, but uh, yeah, same thing here. Uh, the first movie that I first Tim Burton movie I ever saw and and didn't realize it was Tim Burton at the time because I was young. Uh, was Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, but I remember loving it and everything. And then, uh, and then later on, you know, the I think Beetlejuice was the first one where I, where where the name Tim Burton was like a big deal. 
Um, and then, of course, Batman and so on and so forth. So, um, But, yeah, Pee-Wee's Big Adventure is one of those ones where um, I've – I liked it a lot when I was a kid, but I didn't really like love it, love it. Like I embrace it a lot more now, now that I know that it's Tim Burton and I definitely, it's, uh, it's definitely on my, my, my top list. Um, just because going back to watch it after I realized it was Tim Burton, you see all the, all, all the quirks, all the, all the telltale signs, all, Tim Burton's like all over that film. So now that I know what to look for, I'm like, Oh my God, there's, there's this thing and there's this thing. And so it's, Yes, that Pee-wee's Big Adventure is definitely a big influence, even though most people probably don't realize that it was Tim Burton. Um, but it's a great flick. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that because we uh, you saw what I've mentioned about early the early works and stuff like that. So we'll sure. definitely get into those early works in a bit. But I think I'm trying to think if Batman might have been the first movie I saw of his because I okay. unlike you guys I was not. I was never a Pee-wee fan um, growing up uh, as a kid. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't enjoy. Um, now looking back, I love I love Pee-wee's Big Adventures, probably the best thing uh, Pee-wee's ever done to me, you know. Right. But, um, and, and it goes to show that, you know, somebody like Tim Burton can go and make something really good and, and fun out of something kind of silly and goofy, you know, and everything. Right. Um, but it was I think it was Batman because um I I didn't watch Beetlejuice till later. Um mainly because it just looked too weird, I guess, as a kid. I wasn't into that kind of stuff then, you know. I'm into it definitely now more so. And uh so Batman I think was the one that got me into to Tim Burton and to, to being the first one that I really saw. So wow, that that was until like ninety, you know, ninety one or whatever when I saw on VHS. So, right. um, you know, huh. I guess that, um, I guess that would be my answer. Okay. So, uh, moving on, but we'll talk about the early years because we were just talking about how Tim Burton, um, you know, well, he, you know, he worked with Disney for a little bit, did like the Black Cauldron and, um, sure. uh, he did animation for, uh, like the Fox and the Hound and stuff like that. And, uh, um, and then he also did his own stuff like Frank and Weenie and um, Vincent, which if it weren't for Vincent, uh, you might not have gotten Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, as right. directed by Tim Tim Burton because Paul Rubens saw him after – or, you know, picked him after seeing uh, Vincent. So, um, right. yeah, and I think that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I didn't know that until recently that Paul Rubens picked him I just thought that was a little bit funny and interesting because if you think about it, you know, Paul Rubens was the main person for uh, Pee-wee, you know, but I thought that there would still be other people who were, like, producing the show or something would be the ones picking the the director. But, you know, I mean, hey, well, at least he picked a really good one. The the Pee-wee Herman character was his own creation. It It was all Paul Rubens. It started off as a stage show. Um, and it was much raunchier than the Saturday morning TV show that everybody watched. He, it was actually a very adult show with adult humor. It was a satire on children's programming. So originally, Paul Rubens did that as a stage show, and he toured across the country. So it makes sense because that was his own creation and his own – he produced all that himself. So it makes sense that he would pick Tim Burton himself instead of having other people do it for him. And he had an HBO yeah. special, which is the first time I saw that. That was like – Bizarre with yes. Mr. Bungle. 
Yes. Don't be a Mr. Bundle. <laughs> yes. The H- the Are HBO the the HBO special is because of how popular the uh the stage the touring stage show was. It became so popular that HBO caught wind of it and said, "Hey, let's give him his own TV special." And then that the HBO special is how everything else kind of fell into play. The movie fell into play. The the the, the children's program on Saturdays came into play. It all was because of the HBO special. Right. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, so I want to, uh, you know, well, I, I really like some of his older stuff with, with him working on that stuff. And then, of course, his big breakout after Pee-wee's, her, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was, um, uh, I guess, Beetlejuice was the next in line. Um, right. What did you like? Was that something that you guys were really into when you guys were younger? Like when you first saw it, did you did you guys both get into Beetlejuice, or um, was it just something that you guys watched and just you know? What did you guys um, think of it? Oh, I'll let Al, I'll let Alfred I, answer first. I watched the hell out of it. It's like when I was a, I don't know. It's like I don't know what it is about being younger, but I had this innate ability where I could watch the same movie over and over and not get sick of it. And um, we had one of our friends who laughed so hard. We we kind of just it was just so crazy. Some of the stuff was so absurd that we would just laugh about it and quote it and and um, just apply it to everyday life. I think if you're applying a movie into everyday life and that means it's had an impact, and that and that's one of those movies. So yeah, yeah I was really because it just caught me by surprise, and it was just really cool, and um, had a funny cast and a well-known cast of characters from back then, and people who would go on to do a lot of big things. Yeah, for me, so it was, for sure. Um, for me, it was. Um, Pretty much, because uh, I was I was a I was a young teenager uh, when Beetlejuice first came out. I was probably like maybe fourteen, um, maybe fifteen years old. Um, and I remember, I mean, I came from a, a poor family, so I didn't go see movies in theaters very often. And but we had cable, and so I saw Beetlejuice on like Cinemax or something. My I was I I was a I was the type of kid where I got all my movie fixes from like Cinemax HBO. Like I those were my channels, and I remember seeing advertisements for Beetlejuice. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'd already known that it had come out in theaters and everything, but I didn't know much about it, but I remember seeing advertisements for it. Like Cinemax was like, like coming up this month on Cinemax, Beetlejuice. And it showed like, it would, it would show like, you know, like trailers and everything. And I just remember watching that thing and going, man, this is, and of course I love Michael Keaton. I, I thought Michael Keaton was great yeah. and everything I'd seen him in up to that point. Um, and so, you know, I loved him and Mr. Mom and, and, and everything like that. And then I was like, holy crap, Michael Keaton's doing this, this is weird. And I watched it and I loved I love the dark quirkiness. I love the colors. I love the humor. I loved the the wackiness. I love the costumes, the design, everything about it in the trailers just made me want to see this movie. And I remember watching it and loving the hell out of it. And then I would watch it every time Cinemax would air it if I could. And it was just this all the time. I just I became it became one of my favorites. Um, so I mean that's what that's how I got into it. Yeah, VHS. And um, Cinemax were the ways to go back then. Well, it's funny that you say Cinemax because it's just I don't really I, I never had Cinemax, so I I didn't have it till actually I don't think I've ever had Cinemax unless it was like the free preview thing that they used to do. I don't even know if they do that anymore or not. 
because uh, satellite stuff. But um, I remember they used to have the free previews and we could watch it, but I've never don't remember watching Beetlejuice on there. So um, I guess once again, it was, I just wasn't at that time into that kind of stuff. And uh, years later I got into to more cultish kind of things. And I, you know, kind of feel like Beetlejuice sure. in a way is a little bit cultish. Um, yeah. Um, it's definitely got its own, you know, uh, group of people who love it. Um, let's, let's go into the style of Tim Burton, the Gothic look, the, um, the different stuff he likes to do, like the, you know, the beginning credit sequences and, and all the stuff that he puts in. What do you guys, you know, uh, when you watch a uh, Tim Burton movie, do you guys both feel like you know it's a Tim Burton movie just by the look of it? Uh, I guess Alfred. Please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's got his own signature look that's just, I mean, it just draws you in and there it goes. I mean, it's just always kind of, Larger than life, and it's just yeah. it's just surreal enough to go. You know, it's it just crosses the surreal line. So it's like you know, it's like silly and fun, but at the same time, it's really cool. All right, what do you, what yeah, do you say, I, Donnie? I agree. Um, when you well, first of all, uh, one of the first indications that it's probably a Tim Burton movie is if you start hearing the Danny Elfman score. Uh, with the credits yeah. start, yeah. Um, but when visually, yeah, he has a he has his own aesthetic. He he likes to he, he has a he has his own style when it comes to color, his use of color, um, and his use of non-color. Um, he also uh, he loves, especially in a lot of his quirkier movies, he loves to do like weird angles um, when it comes to how he shoots things. Um, he likes to throw in a lot of like um, uh, weird shapes and stuff. Um, he likes to play with a, with a certain type of, of, of certain types of actors that he uses over and over again that make it like, if you start seeing like there's about four or five, um, there used to be more. He used to have a, a, a much larger pool of actors he used all the time, but now he's kind of narrowed it down to like maybe four or five. But if you see those actors, you're, it's most likely it's a Tim Burton film. And then you've got the quirkiness. You've got the, like you said, the Gothic kind of dark, it's like a dark whimsy. It's like, it's like humorous, but darkly. So, um, you know, you get this, this just off kilter kind of, uh, kind of look to everything and feel. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, all those things combined, even when he does the brighter fair, like when he did Mars attacks, you know, it's a little bit brighter affair than what he normally does, but, um, there was still a lot of the same quirkiness was on display with the characters and the way they were portrayed. Um, he likes to do a lot of really weird, uh, like unusual things uh, that, that, that normally like in a normal sort of circumstance, like for example, like, you know, putting a, a head on a dog's body or like uh, something like that. Like he gets to do these really weird things that you normally wouldn't find in other movies and stuff. Um, but even stuff like Batman, it's the same thing. Like he, he likes to play with color and lack of color and contrasts. Um, and so all those things combined, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about like uh, Danny Elfman uh, real quick because there's only been like I believe one movie that um, and it's actually my favorite movie <laughs> of it all. But there's only been one movie that Danny Elfman did not score um, uh, Tim Burton's stuff, which was um, uh, Tim Burton's movie, which was uh, was it uh, Ed Wood? Um, he had right. Howard Shore 
score it. And right. I believe there was like some kind of maybe there's a falling out for a little bit. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to spread rumors, so I, I don't know the facts sure. exactly, you know. But I know like you know there, the the idea was that there was some kind of falling out between them, and they patched things up like right after. Um, that right. he probably saw it and was like, oh no, there's another beat I need to get. <laughs> you know, like I could have got that. Right. Uh, you know, or whatever. Maybe they that uh, you know they worked everything out. But it's I, I love his score. I don't. In fact, I, I I can't see anybody score that movie other than uh, Howard Shore. Now, you know what I mean? Like it was sure. it was perfect. Uh, Danny Elfman would have made it a little bit weirder, I think, and I think it it, it had the perfect. Um, but yeah, I I think Danny Elfman was was a perfect person for uh, Tim Burton, and uh, sure. still is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, they, well, they have very um, similar sensibilities. Um. Danny Elfman is also a very uh, darkly quirky kind of guy when it comes to the way he plays with his scores. So they, they're kind of a match made in heaven. For sure. Um, so let's, uh, let's go into what's your favorite Tim Burton movie. I just did mine with Ed Wood. So um, I, I absolutely adore that movie. Um, it's probably like my favorite like movie period. So um, I don't know why. I think it's just the love and the passion and the feel of Johnny Depp sure. in that movie. Um, and uh, but what? Uh, what uh, Alfred, what, what's your favorite uh, Tim Burton movie? Um, I'll drum it up in a second. I just want to say one thing about Danny Elfman. Was um, sure. I found I knew Danny Elfman and I knew Oingo Boingo, and I didn't know that they were related. I mean, oh yeah. The same group until, one time I heard on radio that they were saying Boingo is going on tour and they took the name Boingo after Danny Elfman left. So I was like, Oh right. my God, they're one and the same. So I thought that was pretty wild, but um, <laughs> I would have to go with Ed Wood also. I really enjoyed that movie and it's got one of my all time favorite scenes and quirky lines when Bill Murray is getting baptized and they're like, do you renounce Satan and all the evils of the universe? And he just demurely goes, Sure. <laughs> I so much, and and you know Vincent D'Onofrio coming in as Orson Welles just blew my socks off, and it was just really, really cool, and it actually made playing Night from Outer Space more tolerable. Sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I uh, I too love uh, uh, Bill Murray in that movie, and uh, some of the some of the stuff he says in that movie because it's funny because like. My first favorite movie is Ed Wood, and I think my second is Ghostbusters. So, you know, Bill Murray right. was definitely a big part of my uh, my childhood and everything growing up. Um, but, like, uh, okay, so, uh, uh, Donnie, what's your favorite? That's a tough one. Um, I, I'm pretty much a fan of all of his early work, all the way up until, uh, oh, I guess, maybe uh, um, Big Fish. I think it was probably the last Tim Burton movie that I really, really enjoyed. Um, if I had to, I'd have to go with, man, it's a toss-up because it depends on what day it is. Um, right now, I'll say Batman um, because for a couple of reasons. I, I, it, it's, a, it's a toss-up between Batman and Beetlejuice, um, but I would have to say probably Batman. And I think the reason being is because that is a movie that I will pop in randomly any time that I'm feeling like watching something, I'm not quite sure what I want to watch. 
because I loved the fact that Tim Burton was able to make that movie work uh, in a in a time when you know Superman four had had basically killed the Superman franchise at the time. Superman movies were kind of a joke at, uh, around that time. Uh, Marvel was trying to put stuff out, but wasn't doing a very good job. And then all of a sudden, like Batman was a big thing, and they made it work. Like he took basically the like his style of gothic and 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 uh, and quirky really worked for the aesthetic of what he was trying to accomplish with Batman. I mean, it was like it was like the comic book left off uh, off the page onto the movie screen. Um, and you know, he did an amazing thing. Like he uh, he really did a lot. That that movie became a huge hit. And it suddenly like reinvigorated the whole uh, idea of doing superhero movies for at least a uh, you know a few more years until Schumacher drove the whole franchise into the ground. Um, <laughs> but you know like again costumes, his casting, um, just the, the the whole movie. There's, there's something about that movie that I just love. I love the, the the music. Everything just it's 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 poetic. Everything just meshes so well. And being a superhero fan and a person who loves superhero movies, that's for me. It's just I love everything about it. Um, I do love Batman Returns almost as much as I love Batman. And in fact, I'm starting to love Batman Returns more and more the more I watch it. So eventually I might actually say Batman Returns is my favorite Tim Burton movie, but at this moment I'll just say Batman with Beetlejuice coming up a close second. You know, it, it's funny you say that, um, you know, kind of like Joel Schumacher kind of destroyed, uh, you know, the, put it into the ground. But um if you think about it, like Batman Forever, did I think it did pretty well, you know, uh, taking the reins over or whatever. Like it, it did it well did. Um, financially. Um, well, part of the reason, should have part looked of the reason at that why, movie. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say part of the reason why it did so well is because everybody flocked to see it because of the off of the heels of the first two being so good, and they were expecting the, more of the same. Um, but they didn't get more of the same. They got the because Schumacher started to bring in more of the campy ness and kind of change the tone. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think Batman Forever is a great flick. It's just it's it's not as good. Um, and then you know when Batman and Robin came out, that was it, but people people that, knew that, what yeah. to expect when Batman and Robin came out. They're like, oh, we're gonna get more of that. Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? You would have thought that the studio would have said, "All right, so here's what works, kind of, you know, from what we can tell, and this is what people weren't liking about, you know, Batman Forever. Let's make sure you don't fuck this up." But yeah, of course they do. So whatever. Well, that was that was um, I, that was a, that was a Warner Brothers decision. I was actually reading about this the other day. Um, Warner Brothers gave the franchise to Schumacher because they didn't like the fact that Tim Burton made it so dark because. Warner Brothers wanted to make toys, and they made a couple of faction figures off of the first Batman movie, but as far as merchandise was concerned, they didn't do a lot. And then when they tried to do merchandise for the second movie, um, they were like, wait a minute, you've got this weird bird kid who, like, you know, who basically kills people. You, and, like, like, Batman Returns was even darker, and they're like, we can't merchandise this movie. We can't this, we, we wanted to make this for, 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 you know, we wanted to merchandise this for families and kids and stuff, and we can't. And so they were like, well, Schumacher has a different idea. And it's, it really, that was Warner Brothers' idea to put Schumacher in there. And it was kind of their hand that told Schumacher, brighten it up, make it more kid-friendly, make it more funny, make it more campy, make it more like the TV show. So they're actually responsible for that decision. And then, you know, and when, it, when it finally bombed, when Batman and Robin came out, it was like, well, <laughs> we messed up. Right. Yeah. Um, Albert, do you have anything to add to that? 
Yeah, I uh, I remember I was averse to seeing Batman for a long time because it was I think it was the first movie to topple Star Wars, the biggest grossing movie of all time. Right. Being such a Star Wars fan, I couldn't bring myself to go. But uh, <laughs> my friend, my friend Gary, um, he was telling me, "Oh, it's a really good movie. We should go." And then we wound up going to see it, and I was like. You know, I just went with an open mind, and I remember um, I enjoyed it. I was like, wow, this is a good movie. And um, it was just pretty pretty stellar, and for years I would just put it in and watch it, and they had iconic music and good, a great cast and and um, just a, a decent story, and it was wacky. And... Um, uh, Jack Nicholson did a great job as the Joker, and yep, I thought it was quite good. And and at first, you know, Michael Keaton, I was like, how can you pull it off? And he actually did a good job right. with it. Yeah, he did. And then for him to go on to Birdman, which is just not related <laughs> to this, except for you know, just by coincidence or not, but it is cool to see him play an iconic movie guy and then an iconic wash up. So. But uh, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it. And you had like um, uh, Jack Palance playing a bit part in that too, and I always liked him. But um, I just want to remind our audience, we've got five minutes until the top of the hour where our live broadcast will stop, but we'd like you to join us on our Blog Talk Radio podcast for the final 15. So if we cut off, we're just going to record mode, and we'll see you um, on that. So back to you, Jonathan. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely have like fi- probably 15 more minutes after that, um, and, and definitely stick around and like you know wait about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and listen to the rest because uh, there will be uh, a few things we're going to be doing like a uh, t- talking about the Twitter poll and a few other things. But um, I do want to mention that we we haven't talked about Edward Scissorhands yet and stuff. And oh that, yeah. Uh, you know, that is one of the movies that, like, once again, was a little weird for me as a, you know, growing up. I, I, I wasn't into it. And then later, I discovered it, like, more toward my 20s. And I was like, this movie is just phenomenal. I don't know why it took me so long to fucking watch it. And I think it was just the idea right. of a dude with scissors for hands just didn't, and he was too, like, weird looking to me. I just didn't have any interest. But after watching it, I loved it. I mean, he was able to take a character that was so weird and so quirky and make him like interesting enough where you also see changes in him. Uh, You see him grow as a character. You see, you, you actually, you know, almost kind of cry for him at times, you know, like you feel bad. You know, this was was a little bit of Steven Spielberg's like ET kind of thing with Edward Scissorhands in my, my opinion. Well, it's a it's a it's a Tim Burton fairy tale, is what it is. It's it's Tim Burton doing Pinocchio, um, you know. And so it was. That's that's one of the charms about it, is that it's basically telling almost like a Disney a Disney like fairy tale, like in the vein of like I said, like Pinocchio, but doing it with that uh, Tim Burton flair, you know, and adding the little quirky characters and, and adding all this other stuff. Because I mean, it, it, but that's essentially what it is. It's this strange creature. You know, from 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 a faraway land, who basically ends up with a bunch of regular people and trying to learn how to, you know, you know, how to, trying to figure out humanity and all this other stuff. It's 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 rather quite brilliant, and it's it's an underrated gem. Um, I think 
I think the problem that we had this evening is the same problem that most people have in that um, it gets overlooked uh, too often uh, in, 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 instead of other, other, you know, Tim Burton's other work. And uh, I'm glad you brought it up because that actually it's a very underrated gem. It's a very good flick on its own right. And it's highly, I highly recommend watching it if you haven't. Yeah, I am um, one of the, it took me a while before I saw that one. But one of the, I, I don't, I have to watch it again because it's been years since I've seen it, but I loved uh, Vincent Price in it. Absolutely. One of the things about it, that is one of the most beautiful soundtracks or scores oh, yeah. that Elfman's done. I just oh, really yeah. adore the music. And it's actually bumper music for a, a talk show I like to listen to on, on the radio. Oh, nice. So like, oh. Jim Burton's right. uh, Edward's music, the Ice Palace scene or whatever. But that's that's a great soundtrack and a great um inspirational thing. Um, so I need to watch that again. Well, I wanted to mention, he also, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he also produced Cabin Boy, which I think oh, yeah. was a, it was a film that it was originally written, you know, was originally intended for him to direct, but right. I guess he got busy with the other stuff that he was doing, plus the fact that, honestly, I hated that movie. I'm not going to lie. That's... I was not a big Cabin Boy, Boy I, fan. I... I feel like jettisoning y'all for mentioning it, so but I won't. I just think it's it's just that movie is a butt of so many jokes to me and some of my friends. It's just I finally was forced to watch it. I think some of my friends and I just had to watch it, and I was like, "Why did I do that?" <laughs> so right, but uh, <laughs> you know, even Tim Burton has to have a few things on his resume, like. Like, you know, George Lucas has uh, Howard the Duck. Um, Tim Burton has Cabin Boy on his resume. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, which I'd prefer Howard the Duck over uh, Cabin Boy any day. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it just goes to show that you shouldn't have uh, Chris Elliott as a as a main star. <laughs> he's he's definitely a supporting character. Uh, well, I think it depends. You ever have a white head on your eye? <laughs> Something about Mary. But... <laughs> uh, right, well, what well, were you we'll going to say, Tommy? I said it all depends. Because uh, Chris Elliott has a very specific style of humor that he does. And so it all depends. Like, yeah, Cabin Boy was not the right kind of movie for him. But I've seen him uh, do other films where he's a more prominent figure. And it's just, it just depends. It, you have to You have to know how to... Uh, assign him the right kind of comedy to work with and and stuff. But well, he was um, great in the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, yeah. He's... Oh no, I was gonna say, you know, yeah, he's he's not really a leading man, but he's definitely, um, you know, like I said, you get him in the right. Like, I I loved his character in, even though he's kind of annoying, um, in um, Groundhog Day. Um, he was. Oh, yeah. I thought I'll give you great in that. Um. And you know, and he was also kind of good in um, uh, Scary Movie Two, which isn't is, isn't really the best of of the Scary Movie franchise. Uh, you know, it's not really all that great of a film. But I I thought he was hilarious in that thing as the as the weird uh, butler with the funky you know little hand. Um, and I, again, it's it he has to play up to his strength. He has a certain kind of comedic. Uh, uh, style and delivery and, you know, just some things don't work and, you know, some things do. It just all depends on how, you know, trying to find the right balance for him when it comes to mm-hmm. casting. Well, I mean, no, I mean, he was great in Saturday Night Live. 
He was great, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he was great. And there's, as was said earlier, there's something about Mary. Um, right. Like if if you get him a role that he's able to kind of do, yeah. But like I've never really seen him as like a leading leading man. Like he's more he's more like a character actor who is just good at you know being the sidekick or or a smaller right. part. You know. Um, yeah, but he is. I, if, I'm sure if you had the right role for him, then he would. Not, I'm not saying that I would never, I would never cast him in a movie. It would just really have to be the right part, you know. Sure. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, well, uh, can we get back in Tim Burton and talk about Sleepy Hollow for a minute. Sleepy Hollow. I would Hollow. love to talk about Sleepy uh, Hollow. That's one of my favorites all right. too. Yeah, that's a fantastic uh, one with a Christopher Walken and and Johnny Depp again and Christina Ricci and then. Christopher Lee making a guest appearance, and I thought that that blew mm-hmm. my mind because he was coming back in uh, in the mainstream movies with soon the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. But um, right, I just really enjoyed that movie and the the, the take on um, you know the Ichabod Crane le- uh, legend. Yeah, it's it's a Halloween staple for me. I it I that is on my list. I have to watch it every year in October. Um, it's, it's a must because atmosphere, it, it, it perfectly captures the atmosphere and tone of Halloween. I think Tim Burton nails it. It's, it's, again, it's, he, his colors are a lot more muted than usual in that movie, but you know, it, it needs to be, um, especially in consider especially when you look at, again, Tim Burton's use of contrast, all the colors are muted in that movie, except for the blood. Anytime there's blood, mm-hmm. it stands out. Like it really stands out. So, I mean, it's, it's just, Oh, such a great flick. It's one of my favorites. Like it's probably in my yeah. top five. As my dad, that's one of his must every year. He's like, Where is the Sleepy Hollow D V D? Do you have it, Alfred? I'm like, No. <laughs> <laughs> so but that's one of his too, so that's awesome. All right. Um I, I do want to real quick uh mention we did have the Twitter poll. Seventy five percent said Beetlejuice is their favorite Tim Burton movie. Um, 0% for Batman, 25% for Ed Wood, and 0% for Other. So it was 75% and 25%. I feel like of all the people uh, that were polled, I think they only saw the two movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think You're they like, only yeah, saw the two of, movies. The other. Maybe I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't. Nobody said Batman. Um, like I'm, surprised. I'm really surprised thought, too, because that movie. Was I thought huge. it would have been twenty five, twenty five, twenty five, twenty five. If we're gonna have four votes, something like that, yeah. Um, and there was there wasn't a lot of votes on this one. I don't I don't know when or how to get. You know, uh, so if you're listening out here, please vote on our uh, Twitter. Go to H L L Y Wood B L V D Pod. And go and vote for, um, you know, your favorite, whoever we have on the next, you know, on each uh, each week because we uh, we love doing this. You know, we love seeing what you guys Absolutely. have to say. Um, uh, so yeah, please uh, go ahead and do that. Um, first for Tim Burton, I thought we'd get a lot more hits on Tim Burton. You know, um, we got uh, I, I think we got like seven last week. So for Doctor Who, mm-hmm. something like that. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> so you never know. But um, 
so I wanted to just mention that so, so we can uh, – and I guess I wanted to throw out uh, the links like Hollywood Boulevard uh, LB, uh, BLVD podcast for Instagram and um, as well as Facebook. So if you guys want to follow us on those uh, two social media platforms, let's get, to get this all out of the way before it cuts us off tonight. So um, I guess, uh, yeah. Donnie, uh, give us your shout-out. Shout-out. Um, well – I'm on Facebook, um, Donnie Sturges, you know. Um, I've got uh, – I have a webcomic called The Adventures of Baby Skeletor where I take pictures of a little baby Skeletor and stuff. Um, and that's on Facebook and also on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, those are really the main ways to reach me is either through the baby Skeletor stuff, uh, which is preferred, uh, or, I mean, if you can reach – if you want to reach out to me on Facebook, that's cool too. Um, I'll, I, will, I will judge you harshly if you do. I'm just kidding. Um, and that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, what about you, Alfred? Um, I can be reached at uh, Alfred Crane on Facebook. Um, and then I run uh, the Video Alternative and the Video Alternative 2, which are two movie forums on Facebook as well. So just click uh, on the site and ask to join, and we'll get you in. All right. Um, I can be reached on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um Twitter is just Jonathan Moody. I was lucky. Be the uh, uh, so uh, many other Jonathan Moody's were pissed that I uh, that I was able to get it before they did. Um, I mean, I've actually had messages from the other Jonathans. Um, so then there's uh, Jonathan A Moody filmmaker, I think, or film on Instagram. You can just look up Jonathan Moody. You'll find me on there. I'm sure, like uh, on Instagram. And then Facebook is. Um, uh, just follow my page. I'm trying to get more people to go follow my uh, acting page on there and like filmmaking page because uh, I need to start really working on that some more. And so I'd love to more sure. some more followers, some reason to to go over there and mess with it some more. So uh, just go look up uh, Jonathan A. Moody filmmaker and you can find that stuff out. I'm also on Snapchat, but I I only take pictures of, like my pets and stuff. You know, I really don't. <laughs> uh, I, I see these people doing stuff all over the place, even when they're driving. So that's very safe. Um, but yeah, apparently people just love to take video and photo of them doing random boring crap. Um, but you know, me, I just take photos of my animals if I can. So, uh, I'm on Snapchat at Jonathan, a uh, Jonathan Moody, 82 or Jonathan, a Moody, 82. I don't know. I don't know these things cause I barely ever use them. So, um, but yeah, those, that's, uh, that's how you can reach me. Or as Donnie said before, I'm going to steal it. You can reach me by telepathy if you can, you know, yeah. Uh, didn't you say that last time? Yeah, like, I did. A, a couple. Yep. Yeah. Just think so. at us. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully pick up. We'll hopefully pick up. Um, so we got about, uh, seven more minutes, six more minutes, something like that. Um, so let's uh, finish up our talk about uh, Tim Burton. Uh, I want to know what your guys' thoughts on the, the newer movies. I know, Donnie, you mentioned you haven't liked anything since um, Big Fish. Have you watched a lot of the other ones since Big Fish? Or I have. I, I, I've, I've watched a few. I haven't watched everything. I, I kind of – I really love Big Fish because I love the – there was a lot of heart behind it. Um, mm-hmm. It's It was uh, – it, it – it, you know, it actually made me cry at the end of it. Um, but I, you know, I've seen like the, um, oh, what's the, um, the, the barber one. Um, that one was okay. 
Um, but the problem that I have with Tim Burton, like I've seen, I've seen the Alice in Wonderland and everything, but at, I don't know. It's just after a while, um, the, like nowadays, the Tim Burton stuff just seems very carbon copy, um, you know, and, and, and it almost seems like every Tim Burton movie at this point is a, a, a reason for him to go, hey, what kind of weird character can I make Johnny Depp into this time? Um, I, I watched, I saw Willy Wonka and it was all right. Um, again, I just, well, Charlie, Charlie, not Willy Wonka. Oh, that's right. They that's kept right. It with the, the actual original of the book. That's right. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's like, like I said, it's like it's like everything about Tim Burton is there, but I don't know. It just it doesn't. It's it's almost like he's just kind of going through the motions anymore. Like the the spark of life that made all of the earlier works like so fun and vibrant and everything. Just it's uh, like I said, it's almost like he's kind of going through the motions. And it's basically just like carbon copies of, of everything else he's done. Like, it's 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 almost like all his signature uh, signatures are just are just checklists now. Um, instead of you know where it used to just be signatures like, oh my god, this is a Tim Burton movie. It's like, oh, did he do the colors? Yeah, he did the colors. Oh, did he do the weird angles? Yeah, he did the weird. Angles. Is Johnny Depp in this? Yes. Is he a weird character? Yes. Is Danny Elfman doing the soundtrack? Yes. It's just it's. Does somebody know, it's have just, a big head these days? You know, like, <laughs> he likes to use people with big exactly. freaking heads. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's exactly kind right. of annoying after a while. Like, it's like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, re-watching Alice in Wonderland for the Disney one, I just don't like Helena Bonham Carter's character because she just her head just bothers me. It's just, it's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, Helena Bonham, the, the, yeah. You know. Helena Bonham Carter ahead. just bothers me in general. <laughs> uh, all right, um. Yeah, I won't get into that because I kind of like her most of the time. Um, yeah, but, I, do too, uh, I don't know. Whenever you pair her with Tim Burton, she bothers me. I'll put it that way. Okay, I'll give you that maybe. Um, but uh, <laughs> all right, what about you, Alfred? Um, I a lot of his stuff were good, like one-offs. I haven't seen Big Fish. Um, Planet of the Apes was good. It was. Um, I don't. I don't have any desire to watch it a whole lot, but I, I enjoyed it. And the twist at the end was a, was decent. And I liked. I enjoyed Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and um, Alice in Wonderland. I really liked his treatment of the Cheshire Cat. And um, um, I I didn't even realize he did Mrs. Peregrine's. Um, so I'm going to watch that here soon. I've been looking for something new to watch. So. I'll probably put a couple of them on my list. And I am, uh, have not seen, I don't think I've seen any of his animated movies. So I've got to catch up on some of those. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick before we end it, I, I do want to mention uh, one of the ones that I really liked that uh, one of the newer ones was Sweeney Todd, uh, also starring Johnny Depp. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that one gets a lot of mixed you know, reviews or whatever. Some people like it, some people don't. Just like Dark Shadows, you know, people right. like it, some people don't. You know, um, but I, I enjoy, I enjoy most of his newer stuff. Except I don't like the ones where he does like uh, Alice in Wonderland that much. You know, it's okay, it's fun, but it's not nearly as good as he could be. You know, and. I feel like I, I feel like I'm just like Donnie, where I, I feel like he's just phoning it in now. He's just kind of right, making the same right. thing over and over again, and you know, that's 
Right. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that's what they want is they you know, like a movie factory, you know, and people are going to go see it because it's Tim Burton, you know. <laughs> um, great. But, um, all right, well, since it's pretty much at the end, I just want to say thank you guys so much for for the oh, chat. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week talking about Mark Shepard. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, you're going to be doing that, Donnie. Are we going to be talking about the – like his movies and TV, or just concentrate on one or the other. I I want to focus on his uh, his career as a character actor, and mainly uh, focus on his TV stuff because this is a guy that I started seeing pop up on TV shows, and then suddenly I just started seeing him everywhere, and I kind of I, I wouldn't say I became obsessed with him, but I kind of became obsessed with him. Uh, I, I wrote <laughs> an article about him once for Chud.com. Uh, where I basically honored him because I'm like, this man is a great like character actor. He plays these villains and all these other things. And so I kind of want to revisit that article that I wrote and, um, and just kind of celebrate him for an episode uh, and all of his TV work and all the really cool things he's done because he's just an amazing character actor and he's just, he's got charisma. So that's pretty much where we're going with that next week. And uh, Emily Malik, um, who, uh, who does work for Darkstone and Bioduck will be our guest next week. Um, because awesome. she's also a huge Mark Shepard. She's also a huge Mark Shepard fan and Supernatural fan. So she will be coming on board to talk to us about Mark Shepard and probably in a dreamy state. So I'll, I'll warn you all now. <laughs> nice. Right. Well, thank you guys so much, and I hope everybody had a great time. Bye. Oh yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.